0: After the midweek drama in Rotterdam, Celtic are brought right back down to earth on Saturday with a lunchtime kick off at the Tony Macaroni, where they face Livingston. This is Tino with the countdown to kick off, and I'm joined here by Joe. Joe, your national thoughts ahead of this one? Um,
1: always a hard game. Never easy. Really horrible pitch. It doesn't fill me. I mean, I'm not low in confidence going into this one. I just think it's always a potential banana skin. So we'll see what happens. But I'm fairly We'll see. We'll see. I'm not overly confident, but it's one that I would love to get out of the
0: way. Yeah, definitely. Um, speaking of, you know, players and and others coming back down to Earth from uh, Rotterdam, you were there yourself. Just generally speaking, what was the the mood like, I suppose pre and post good trip all round. Apart from awesome. the result, of course.
1: Great trip. Um, as all these trips usually be, they're all, usually are. They're always a bit of a mental travel journey, we were in Brussels, drove up from Brussels to Rotterdam, I mean flew back to Manchester as well, so all that aside, it was mental, but yeah, it was good, good atmosphere, Um, I couldn't really tell you how many Celtic fans were over there roughly, but it was a fairly decent number, Um, it's my first ever away European trip as well, so it was definitely a good experience, result aside, um, I was fortunate enough to get a ticket for the game as well, so... Um, it was yeah, it was a good atmosphere, poor result, but I think mood in the camp overall was still fairly positive. It was always good to get away.
0: Nice one. I didn't realise that was your European trip debut, so glad you enjoyed it. Um what was the mood like? Just you we'll touch on it briefly here. Myself and James done the post match after Tuesday night. I think ultimately, you know, Celtic let themselves down in key moments. Uh, you know, as a gist of it, you can argue whose fault it was for the free kick. You can argue about the sendings off, different things. But key moments, you know, Celtic didn't cover themselves in glory. And at that level, you, you don't get much out of it. Was there a feeling though, you know, amongst you know yourself and the other fans out there that Celtic can perform at this level and, and can potentially get a result back at Celtic Park against Feyenoord?
1: I mean, yeah, but we've also been here before where I think, I mean, I could only you know, commenting our past results in Europe that I'd imagine all these guys that go every year probably have the same feeling as me. It's, you have uh, some level of optimism given that we're showing flashes of good in the game and we showed that we could compete and we showed that we're more than capable of being at that level. But it's always story Celtic in Europe is that we're our we're, we're almost enemy. Um, and, you know, the first goal sort of kills them completely... We were really in the game at that point. Didn't create a lot of clear cut chances, but, you know, it just totally switches after that. Um so I think I think frustration is really the main feeling, but we're now at a stage in European football where we don't I don't think it's really clear where our place is in the standings because we always show in some ways that we can compete and sort of punch sort of above a level, but we just can't really get over the finishing line. So it's always a bit of a confusing one. I think only time will tell. Um, I think due to injuries, um, just general form, if players pick, raise their game a bit, a bit uh, before the final return leg, um, as to whether we can maybe get a result or not. So uh, we'll wait and see. But it's frustration mainly, but some level of optimism.
0: I'm glad you have dropped that button at the end in terms of the optimism because I think there is scope for optimism. I think for forty odd minutes Celtic were pretty competitive. I'm fed up hearing Scottish journalists saying Celtic don't belong at this level. You know, Scottish football don't belong at this level. We're at this level. We've qualified. There's coefficients. There's all sorts of permutations in place that means Celtic take their place. You know, in this you know thirty-two teams in the season's Champions League. So we do belong to this level because we've qualified and we've done enough as a nation to be there. Um, and I just hope that Celtic can step up. There's an opportunity here. This group looks like it might be pretty open. So we'll see what we get as the as the group kicks on. Anyway, so let's uh, bring it back to Livingston, Joe. So um, just in terms of availability for Brendan Rodgers, no huge updates uh, beyond what we had midweek. So the same guy still find himself struggling, the various centre-halves, Carter Vickers and others. Um, Nat Phillips is struggling frustration for him. He'd have been keen to get Champions League minutes under his belt, but no joy. Um, and Rio Hatay, I suppose, continues to work his way back from injury, but not a great night for him in Rotterdam, you know, pretty off form. And that's a real shame because I think a lot of us were so excited to have him back, but he definitely struggled. Just briefly before we get into your your thoughts on the starting lineup, Joe, do you think anyone will take confidence from their performance? Uh against Feyenoord, but likewise, anyone who's a bit off form at this moment in time?
1: I think, even though we can take two goals, I think the defence should take, should take some confidence from it. Um, I thought Greg Taylor actually played well on Tuesday night. Um, it looked a lot better than it has in the last few weeks. Um, I wasn't at the game on Saturday with Dundee, but by all accounts, I thought it, it's been made out that he has played a lot better. He played in a more Role suited to his style of play a more orange type of role where he was maybe getting a lot more of the ball inside and sort of playing the pass inside as opposed to sort of bombing forward. Um, I thought on Tuesday night his decision making was really good. Um, I thought Alistair Johnson was exceptional actually on Tuesday night. Um, it was again decision making, timing, and his passes, which in those games are really really important. I thought he played really really well. Um, so I think they two. In particular should take a lot of confidence as with Liam Scales given that he was written off so much before he was sort of coming in the team it, it was almost as if he's you know right it was on the wall for him it was always it was going to Aberdeen it was almost a certainty that it was going back to Aberdeen um so yeah in particular those three at the back I think should definitely take a lot of confidence as for the others who maybe didn't know the plays well I think Palmer, from what I've seen I'm looking for a bit more off of um, now maybe it's from someone who hasn't really seen a lot of them like prior to him joining I don't really know what type of player he is I don't know if he is the type of player that's got a burst of pace or maybe he's more of a silky sort of player like Jota would be because at times he showed, he showed flashes and maybe both like he would like to cut inside but also he would like to get into the byline and um, so I'd like to see more of him. Other than that, you know, as you say, Hatati. I think Hatate will just get better as time goes on, once he gets more and more fit. And, you know, it's not even just fitness, it's match sharpness that your decision-making just because the a lot bit quicker and it gets that much more accurate. So, um, yeah, a mixed bag in that sense. Uh, yeah, definitely.
0: I, I think so. And I agree with you for most of what you've said there. Uh, I, I'm right behind you and Alistair Johnson, Liam Skills is excellent, continues to give his all uh, and to, to play as well as he possibly can play. Uh, not sure what you might have been smoking or drinking or a bit of both out in Rotterdam when it comes to Greg Taylor. Not for me. I, 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 well, certainly the first half hour. I, I would accept that I thought he got better as the game went on, but I found him really frustrating in the first half hour. And a spell where Celtic were, you know, competing and doing well. And I just think he's out of sorts, you know. And he's he's maybe done it in flashes. and listen, if he's improving and getting back to his old form. Then I'm all for that, um, you know, and I don't want if anyone to feel like I'm coming on and slating the guy every time. It's not about that. It's just it's just about saying what I'm seeing. Um, but I agree with you in terms of uh, the inverted role. What I think is very interesting is he he clearly has been given permission to invert while Alistair Johnson stays out. So I, you know, as we know, with Angie had Taylor doing it on one side and um, Johnson or Ralston or Yaranovich or whoever doing it in the right, but both doing it at the same time to to go and meet in the midfield along with Callum McGregor. This time it's very clear that Greg Taylor's allowed to do it and go and join the midfield, whereas Johnson isn't. And I do remember reading or hearing somewhere before that that's something that Brendan Rodgers has done at Leicester. He allowed one fullback to invert and not other. So it's quite quite smart tactically. There's good rationale behind it because it gives you that extra body in midfield. And it's clearly somewhere that Greg Taylor's more comfortable. I think he's going to struggle as an out-and-out orthodox left back. But I think this might help him pick up his his form of last season. So here's hoping. I, I really do hope he picks up. He's he's been struggling for me recently, but I hope he does pick up. But, you know, there are others, you know, who who were off the boil uh you know during the week and Callum McGregor, amongst others, I, I think excellent against Rangers at Ibrox struggled during the week and a few others. But listen, let's get to the team Joe and we'll see ultimately who you who you think might get the nod. Uh Joe Hart will be in goals. Um maybe this time he line up a different wall without <laughs> Kyogo in it if it comes to it. And um, we'll see how that goes. What do you think we're going to see though in terms of the back four? And I suppose a bit of that comes down to injury, but is it almost Scales and Lagarbielka picking themselves just now due to nobody else?
1: Yeah, I think so. And Roger said today that Cartavakers, you know, it remains an early October uh, return date that there's not been any hold back in his return, but it won't be anytime soon. Um, it won't be a, a quicker return if a so I just as say it picks itself. Just when you're saying that about the fullback, so I do remember I mean when rogers was here before tierney and lustig were pretty much the same in that sense where lustig probably did not have have that in his tank where he would sort of bomb forward but he almost became a sort of inverted fullback in a sense because of how little pace he had um mm-hmm. but yeah just what you were saying that came to mind but yeah i think back four are probably the same
0: yeah i, I think you're right in lustig lustig just tend to tuck in and you know just cover his defenders and let tierney move forward give li- license for tierney to go and to leave it effectively, about back three with Lustig and whoever was centre-half at that time. So, yeah, it, it's I think it's smart. It shows tactical awareness by Rodgers, and, and let's see if it pays off moving forward. Um, so, yeah, so back four, uh, just to clarify, Johnson right back, Taylor left back, Lagard Belkin scales uh, in the middle. Midfield three, this is an, an interesting one for me because, well, first of all, Celtic have got a, a wealth of options in here, including, you know, new signings, you know, Bernardo's there. Uh, Thiago Holm has obviously you know, been in and around since he came in uh, and I think, and, and James and I mentioned it, and I have mentioned it in the last couple of weeks, that Callum McGregor could do with a break. Now whether Rodgers sees that or, or wants to do that, I'm not sure. He's the club captain, so there's obviously the additional you know, element or, or additional layer that that adds to things, but do you think he should be rested at any point from Celtic's midfield, particularly on a surface like this, or do you need to go with the skipper?
1: I think no not to be rested for this game I think I would rest him at another point but not this game um, my reason for saying that I remember very well Andy's first game at Livingston where we weren't really spoiled for choice I think McGregor might have been injured at that point but I don't think McGregor was playing with James McCarthy in there now I know there's a big difference between James McCarthy and the sort of midfield we have just now like quality wise is a lot different but I remember that game we were sort of struggling for options. I think a yeti yeah, was up front at that point as well. Like, we weren't really flattered with strength and depth. Um, this is not a game that I want to sort of roll with dice and say, you know what, we'll give this guy a chance, we'll give him a chance. And so sort of, I think a bad complacency sets in at that point because we're not really, we're still not playing at our best just now. And I think a lot of these games, especially domestically, given. That we want to sort of kick on a bit and keep our run going is to keep a bit of consistency in our starting eleven, especially when we've not got a back four that's settled at the minute. Especially our centre back pairing that I think that's the time you have a bit of change because of you know the, we don't have any other options. Um, but yeah, I think that I think, think McGregor's just playing Saturday. Uh, yeah. no doubt you know what?
0: Uh, and I'm, I'm I'm asking the question, but I, I really I'm fully on board with your answer because I think. If you've got Carter Vickers and maybe you know someone else behind them, you know a couple of more seasoned center halves, then maybe you can allow McGregor that rest. But I think you're right at this moment in time, and the team's still settling in. There's lots of new signings. Probably doesn't send out the right tone as well. So uh, I think you're right. So Callum McGregor in the midfield with James McCarthy and who else? <laughs> All <right>. not that'll, <laughs> that'll be right.
1: That'll McGregor
0: plus two, two. Who's the other
1: two? I would. Still say Hatati O'Reilly. Um Hatati should be playing just purely to get his minutes uh, more minutes in for him, get minutes in the legs, get him up to speed and hopefully just it'll it'll kick on from there for him. And O'Reilly's a good start to the season. I don't think we should be considering dropping him anytime soon.
0: Yeah, I think O'Reilly's been excellent. We've gone on about him a wee bit over the last couple of weeks, but I think he's really enjoying himself under Rodgers, and he should definitely have been, and I agree with you on Hattati. I think Hattati, not a great game the other night, but we know what a talented operator he is, and hopefully he can start to find his feet. Um, there are a couple of other options which you know may or may not be used at any given time. Paolo Bernardo, who's had a couple of cameos in the last two games. Tiago Holm, very short cameo, unfortunately, during the week, but... What's your general opinion on these guys? Um, you know the, the the bits and bobs you've seen of them. Do you think they can have an impact in the midfield?
1: I think Holm definitely could. Um, from what I've seen, I think Commando game aside, um, I think he's stepped under and done really well and he's played well in not very easy places to go. He's he came out at Putaudry and made a massive difference. I think a lot of people forget how good it was at Pretodre when he came on. It was played a big part in the third goal. I thought Ibrooks it really stepped up and a really, really intense atmosphere. And I actually thought, I mean, it was only on for a limited amount of time on Tuesday night, but, you know, it showed it was quite positive. It was uh, You can tell that there's something about him. Oh, again, not a lot to go by. Um, but home definitely shows some promise. As with Bernardo, you know, we've not seen enough of him yet. A lot has been made out, given, you know, he's a youth level player for Portugal, so he can't, eat. Can't be bad if he's, he's calling got a lot of potential. Um, I think the, a real shame with us is that we're out of the League Cup and that's usually time that we would give a lot of these guys a chance. I think, I might even say, I think the League Cup might be midweek next week. Um, so that would usually be the opportunity to maybe give these guys a bit more minutes and legs and just sort of show what they're about. Um, but yeah, I think we'll ha- we'll see a lot more of them the next few weeks or so, or a few months down the line. But for now, you know, I think it's all about maintaining some level of consistency, and then gradually like, giving these guys minutes and likes as time goes on.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm on board with that, and I think I think we should stick with the, the three you've mentioned. Good experience in there, good opportunity for, you know, getting guys up to speed. hat in particular, but decent options off the bench, and obviously we're, we're hoping to see lots more of those guys in the coming weeks. Um, up top, we, we know for sure. Well, we think we know it'll be Kyogo. Um, don't know if there's any suggestion that O we'll, might be ready to step in, but uh, I would think it'd be Kyogo through the top, uh, through the middle. Uh, with Maeda on one of the wings, and it's obviously he's, he was right during the week and he's been left more traditionally. Um, and then there's that question mark whether it's Yang, you know, whether it's um, Lewis Palmer or anyone else out there. You've got Mikey Johnson returned to the squad. I don't know your thoughts on Mikey, Joe, but I'm a big fan. But oh, maybe too soon. And James Forrest doesn't seem to get many minutes. What are you doing up top? What are you saying?
1: Um, oh, I know about the Mikey Johnson, uh, that old argument on this show. Um, I'm I'm in the pro Mikey camp I'm in the free Mikey Johnson camp give him <laughs> let him cook um, I think my front three for Sunday I would play Yang oh, for Saturday sorry I would play Yang ahead of Palma. Um I, I'm saying this purely because I actually thought Maeda was a lot more effective than the left I know we didn't really have a lot of time with 11 men whilst he was playing out there maybe not any time now I'm thinking about it but I thought He's a completely different player when he's in the left hand side. I think he's a lot more threatening, and I think he gives that little bit extra going forward, as opposed to maybe in the right. He's just maybe more reliant and he's a defensive work. Well, going forward when he's playing on the left, he's, he's encouraged more to step inside and sort of have a go at our centre halves. Um, and I think Yang, albeit again. When he came on, it wasn't the wasn't really a lot to play for at that point in the game. But showed a lot of enthusiasm. He, again, shown flashes of you know what he possibly could do for us. I would definitely give him more of a chance. Um, but again, you don't know if it's going to be the same way as Hatati. Rogers might just stick with Palmer, but I would go for Yang. That's what I mean.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's a bad shout. And, you know, as I was asking you just about the centre forward, whether it's Kyogo or O, you know, it's just, it's come to my own thinking that, to your point, it's not a day for complacency. You know, Celtic should be far too strong for Livingston, should be. But we know this park's a leveler and, and we know how they'll set up. And I think you just go with your main men. You go with McGregor, you go with Kyogo, you go with Hitati, you know, all these experienced guys. Uh, and hopefully that's enough to get the result. And I suppose the plus is there are options in the bench. You know, Brendan Rodgers... Different debate for a different day in terms of how well he was backed in the transfer window. You know, could he have done my extra strike or could he have done my left back, etc.? But there are good creative options, you know. If Yang starts, then Palmer's in reserve, you'd get the various midfield guys we've mentioned. The only place we're really struggling just now is centre half, but that's just has become an ongoing issue. So um I'll just confirm your lineup, Joe, and it's Joe Hart and Goals, Alistair Johnson right back, Greg Taylor left back. Lager Bielkin scales in the centre. Then you've got Callum McGregor with O'Reilly and Hitati in the midfield. Kyogo up top, Maeda up on the left-hand side and Yang on the right. Um, let's take a quick look at Livingston, not to spend too much time on them because we kind of know pretty much you know, how they are and, and who they are. So they're currently six in the league. Uh, they've won one, drawn three and lost just once uh, of their league game. So they're sitting on six points. Their one was a 3-2 win against Hibbs at Easter Road, but I think it's fair to say Hab's in a bit of at that time. I think it might have been Lee Johnson's last game. Um, mm-hmm. if not second from last. So not a great Hibs side, to be fair. And in terms of playing personnel, we kind of know where we're at with Livingston now. It's you know, it's all the kind of experienced guys that you know, you know, it's Jason Holt, um it's Nubly up front, a uh, couple of the hammer throwers at the back, you know, that that kind of set up. So what are you expecting from them on Saturday?
1: Exactly that. Um they might I still have to get a throw in. Out 18 yard box, you know exactly where it's going. It's it's not gonna be tacky tacka, it's just gonna be aim for the big guy up front. Um I mean all I've seen about Livingston in the last couple of months or so is David Martindale on his hands and knees begging for somebody to sign noobly. That's all I've seen. Um they've sort of went under the radar in terms of their signings a wee bit, I think, this saw. Um but yeah, I think again, you know what to expect. It's guys like the big Obelie at the back who's always a handful I um, think he scored against us I remember him scoring against us and again it was just a pull oh, the guys massive and so powerful in there that a lot of times you just need to put your hands up and say we can't really do anything about that um, but yeah know what to expect and as I say reassure my point it's it's not a day to change it about it's guy when you play guys that know what we're up against and sort of play, it, play the way that we're meant to play and you know, we should be too good for them, but it's not something that we should take lightly.
0: Yeah, agreed. Um, Even just looking at their most recent lineup, up so they drew one each with Ross County. noble's up top with, uh, I think it's Bruce Anderson. And I'll add Stephen Kelly, who I actually quite like. I think he's quite a cultured midfielder. I think he's ex-Rangers. He's a fairly young guy, 23 years of age. He is a guy who I think can play a bit of ball. Not sure how much he enjoys playing at a club like Livingston, but I actually think he's a really decent player. He, he's in the midfield. Then aside from that, they've got guys like Andrew Shinney being around a bit. Michael Devlin, Obelai, as you mentioned there. So there's, there's guys who have been around and, listen, I, I don't really know what kind of coach you know David Martindale is, but at the moment, in terms of what we've only ever seen, is he only plays one way against a team like Celtic and they'll sit in, it'll be the lowest of low blocks and they'll try and take advantage in terms of set-pieces, throw-ins and, and they'll see what they get. The one thing I was going to ask, the kind of key question, so obviously Celtic did fall foul at the... Um, at Rugby Park against Komarok on the the plastic surface. And I don't think Celtic were complacent that day. I just think we were rotten. We just couldn't get going. But do you think that in itself might, you know, in a roundabout way, be a good learning curve for the the players to have been there just a few weeks ago on a poor surface? And they're now, you know, at a similar surface here uh, at the weekend. And that'll just, you know, keep them on their toes to say, we know how this goes. It's not going to be much fun, but let's get in, get out and get the job done.
1: Yeah, I think... I think it's only natural for that to play in your mind a bit. Um, but having listened to Rodgers earlier today, I mean, he's saying as much as it's an artificial pitch it's I can put a completely different pitch, completely different challenge that it's not a like-for-like like scenario where, you know, we're playing like we're playing two teams similarly on an artificial pitch. The pitch is different, the opposition is different and I think, I think naturally for players it might play in your mind a bit but I don't think that'll be allowed in the camp, it will be this is a new challenge. We need to be switched on here. Now another thing I remember is that our team that we had that day again was entirely different. I mean David Turnbull was almost picking himself in that team at that point. Um I don't think he was there and at play I don't think he started for command against Kamarda there. I think he may have been home but generally speaking that we never had the options that we do now. Um I mean Haksibanovich came on as a sub and that guy's long gone. Like different scenario Alistair Johnson I don't think was fit at that point either so again it's it's different circumstances um, and I think we're at a different stage now where we've got the Rangers result under our belt as well where I think there was probably a lack of confidence at that point because it was fairly new but we've actually had a big result as a group and you know I think things are a lot different now so yeah I don't think it will affect them too much
0: yeah, and I think um, I think you're spot on in terms of what you're saying with the confidence, and I, and I agree. I think the, the understatement of the year, but the the, the Ibrox result was huge for the group in terms of just giving them a bad belief in what the manager was trying to do. And as much as the the defeat at Feyenoord is a disappointment, you know there was some as we've touched on poor performances. I don't know how a young guy like Lager Bielka or Thiago Holm respond to that. I'd like to think if I were in their shoes, if you were in their shoes, you know exactly how to respond. And you and you've got a a chance to go and prove yourself uh, at the weekend there and you know if and lagar should start tiago home maybe less so but if and when you get that opportunity after a red card in europe i'm sure they're just bursting to get back on the park to to show the fans as much as anything that you know they've got something to offer here and that you know that was a one-off so i think yeah th- there's a few things at play there there's guys who have been facing the criticism for having poor games at a final as well who want to prove that they've got a part to play at least of all, Callum McGregor, you know, as I say there, he's he's huffed and puffed a wee bit, he's had that big performance at Ibrox, and for him as well as anybody else, this is a real opportunity to go and take things with the scruff of the neck and show that we are and continue to be the, the dominant force domestically. Uh, table-wise, Joe, we're sitting two points clear from St Merton uh, at the top of the table right now, and hopefully we can go and extend that at the weekend, but what kind of scoreline do you think we're going to see?
1: Well, last time I was on here was actually the commando game and I was a bit overconfident and I think I said it was like two, 3 or 4 nil, um and that really backfired on me. So, I think I'll go with a 2-0, a, a modest 2-0 result uh, at the Spaghetti Hat.
0: Yeah, it's the, it's the figure I've got scribbled down, so... If you want me to, I'll show you my notes at another date, but I'm not just calling your, your lead. I think it will be 2-0 as well, uh, or thereabouts. I think Celtic are good enough to keep a clean sheet. Um, Joe Hart's part in the, the free kick goal is up for debate. I, I don't put a lot of blame at his door, if truth be told, and I'm sure folk have seen that across the socials and from our uh, post-match episode. But I think he had a really decent game. That aside, I thought he was a leader. I thought he was big for the penalty. He made a couple of stops near the end to keep it down. and actually we've not touched on much, but I also think credit to the players for showing a lot of character at nine men and 2 now down to keep that scoreline at that because that could be vital as the as the table goes on there in the Champions League. But that aside, I think Joe Hart, you know, stepped up when needed as he done at Ibrox and I think uh, he'll be keen to get another clean sheet against Livingston. So I think Celtic will close the door and if he can manage to catch a couple of goals and, and just see this one out and as you say, you just want to get in and get this fixture over and done with, don't you? So I think it'll be there or thereabouts in terms of a 2-0. Joe, your final comments as we start to wrap up this episode.
1: Um, I'm hoping for a response to Tuesday night. Um, And my previous uh, memories of Rodgers after us, a negative result, whether it be in Europe or domestically, that we usually respond quite well. Um, And again... I think it's different from when we had negative results at the start of the season where we're actually in a better place. Um I think the guys like guys like Lager Bielka and Holm if he gets a chance. I think they'll respond well um to something like that where they will maybe not play you know, something bad like that happens during the week. I think I'm expecting a good response from them. But yeah, I'm I'm looking for I'm interested to see how resilient we are. Um and you know, fingers crossed we get three points.
0: Definitely, and I think tough night during the week, but hopefully we see a big response for the boys on Saturday lunchtime. So Celtic head into match day six of this season's Premiership and we'll be going all out to extend the lead against September at the top of the table in Saturday's lunchtime kick-off. We'll be back, as always, with a final whistle shortly after the game. But in the meantime, for myself and Joe, thanks as always for listening and we'll see you again very soon.